Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for the Kut Halochas, Yoradeya, Chelek Aleph, Hilchus Siyayin Esech, Halochah Dalet, Paragraph Yud. We dedicate the learning today, Le'ivu Nishmas, Rabbi Alexander Zusha, Rabbi Avram Yosef, whose yard site is on the 7th of Av, and also Le'ivu Nishmas, Tuvia, Rabbi Yisrael Yitzchak, Yerachmiel, Daniel, Ben Gedalia, and Rosa Bas Itamar. We dedicate the learning also for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Bas Galia, Yuspahendel Bas Gitaleya, Sororocha Bas Yuspahendel, Avivilona Bas Yuspahendel, Soraleya Bas Chavaliba, Shimon Zvulun Ben Soraleya, Shlamanisim Ben Mazal, Avram David Ben Chana, Hindachasa Bas Chana, Soragitl Bas Chana Riva, Miriam Esther Bas Soragitl, Tuvia Rabbi Yisrael Yitzchok, I'm sorry, Tuvia Tzvi, and Eitan, Eitan Yoel Ben Edna, Ruven Chaim Ben Chana Elka, Tuvia Tzvi Ben Chaya Lisa, Besoich Shar Choyli Yisrael, Shemad Eliezer Ben Rochel. Rabbi Muslim Tzal labels this piece, Hilchis Akum, the laws regarding things pertaining to non-Jews, or Oiv that what we've been learning till now is tied into what our rabbis tell us, something that's declared an idol, or an idol that's built by a Jew, can never be nullified. We can never, the Jew can never declare this is no longer an idol. It remains an idol permanently and has to be destroyed. Whereas an idol that's declared an idol by a non-Jew, there is beetle. The non-Jew can make a decision. I no longer consider this an idol. Ki hakoil nivro bishri Yisrael. Everything was created for the sake of the Jewish people. The Zohar Kodesh says, Hashem, the Torah, and the Jewish people are all one. The whole life energy of all of the worlds from beginning to end, all is drawn through the Jewish nation. And even the Sitrachra and all the forces of Tumor, their whole life energy, drawing from holiness, is all coming via the Jewish people. Shehem Iker Vishoyresh Hakoil, who are the most important and the, the roots of everything. And therefore, the Yitzhahara and the Klippos only have power when they're drawing from the Jewish nation. The truth is, Yisrael heim rechoikim legamri meyovayim, lefi dakusam ruchniusam b'shoroshim. The Jewish nation and a Jew are the furthest thing possible from, from sin. 
based on how pure and fine we are spiritually in our roots. The main way that the Yitzhahara is able to succeed in causing us to commit sins is by cloaking himself in mitzvahs, making believe that he's offering us a mitzvah when it's really an Avera. As Rabbi Nezal explains this concept in the first chapter of Likud Imran, when he's expounding on the story towards the end of the chapter, the story of Rabbi Barbarchana. And this ability of the Yitzhahara to dress himself up in mitzvahs that comes to us via the concept of a Jewish shade. A shade is a destructive angel. As the Zohar Kodesh presents this fact that there are these Jewish shadim, they draw their energy from the aspect of noiga. Noiga is a combination of good and bad. Like the eight sadas, which we're told was a mixture of good and bad. That's the source of all the mistakes and all the confusion that exists in the world. Because these people are like that sword that Hashem placed at the entrance to Gan Eden after Adam and Chave ate from the Eitz Hadas, the Mesapeches Lekamo Gavnen Belishur, which the Sifrei Kabbalah tell us, it changes to many different colors. And regarding each and every single person, this klipa of noiga, this lahat causes confusion and crookedness to each and every single individual person based on the mistake and the confusion that the Yitzhahara injects into that person. And the main way that the Yitzhahara is able to succeed in this is by first cloaking himself in mitzvahs, making it seem as if what the Yitzhahara is offering the person is mitzvahs, when it's really the opposite. The Yitzhahara will tell a person, person wants to get up in the morning to go to shul, to daven, the Yitzhahara will say, you're really doing the wrong thing. The Torah says, that you have to be healthy and strong. You need at least eight hours and maybe another hour will even make you healthier. And try to use this type of argument to dissuade the person from getting up on time, to be able to daven at the proper time, to be able to daven in shul. Or the Yitzhar will tell a person sometimes, <clears throat> When you daven in shul, there's other people there. You can't really concentrate. If you'll daven at home by yourself, you'll be able to concentrate much better. And the Eitzhara knows the incredible, incredible power for a man of davening with a minion specifically, even for women 
sometimes it's a tremendous benefit when they're able to. And by cloaking himself in a mitzvah, the Yitzhahor causes the person to make mistakes until the Yitzhahor ensnares the person completely into his trap till the Yitzhahora uses, starts out like this, and then brings the person to commit complete sins, actual sins, and sometimes major sins. To the point where the Yitzhahora has the ability to bring a person to actual idol worship. As the Gemara says, in describing how the Yitzhahora operates, Today he tells you to do X, and tomorrow he'll tell you to do Y, and eventually he'll start off with things that are sort of mediocre, and then he'll he'll lead you into complete sin. Until he brings the person to actual major sins. And based on this, we can understand why one of the most powerful means of the Sahara harming a person is by causing the person to engage in machlekes, conflict, arguments. Can we move as we discussed in other places? This is the main focus and effort of these Shaven Yehudoim to try to twist Jewish hearts to want to engage in Machlikas, opposing Tzadikim or opposing each other. Because by the Yitzhahara arranging a fight, an argument among Jews, or Jews to actually oppose tzaddikim, but through this, the Yitzhahara is able to cloak himself in many, many mitzvahs of his. That the Yitzhahara injects into the hearts of those who are willing to follow them. The Yitzhahara convinces a Jew, Ruvain, that Shimon is doing the wrong thing. Shimon is off the, the true path. And Shimon is your enemy. And therefore you have to, you have to stand up to him and fight him. And therefore it's a major mitzvah of protecting yourself and therefore to pursue and persecute that person till the end. And other similarly mistaken ideas. says, as unfortunately we find this is prevalent in the world due to our many sins. Rabnosanzal said this during his time, and unfortunately we still have this today in the religious world major machlokes, and sometimes it leads to physical blows, all kinds of terrible, terrible things. Sometimes it'll cause divorces.
שאינם מפקחים על דרכיהם קרוי להינוסו מהם. רב נוסן זל סזנר, the main focus of these שיידים יהודיים, these forces of טומא, is to cloak themselves in תלמידי חכמים who aren't careful enough to avoid these שיידים יהודיים. Because the Yitzhahara especially makes a project out of these Talmidei Chachamim, people who learn a lot, but they haven't, they're not finished products. They don't really have all the right, the Midas Toivos. As the Gemara says, that the, the Yitzhahara leaves regular Jews alone, and he goes after the Talmidei Chachamim to try to induce them to commit major sins, and especially to get involved in Machloikas. And one of the main ways that the Yitzhahara fights against Kiddusha is through these Shaydin Yehudoim, Shehim Islamshim Belomdim, Vitamidi Chachamim Shainam Shleiman. These Shaydin Yehudoim, these spiritual forces, cloak themselves in people who learn Torah and Talmidi Chachamim who are not complete, who are incomplete. As the Zohar Kodesh speaks about this, especially in the section in the Zohar Kodesh that's called Raya Mehemna, the trustworthy shepherd, which is where Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking in Parshas Nosoi. To the point where, unfortunately, these Talmidei Chachamim their hearts become twisted against truly religious people, and they consider it permissible, and they, they convince their followers to persecute certain religious groups. Rav Nassazal here is obviously speaking about what he himself experienced, unfortunately, that there was a, a major Hasidic group at the time, the Savrana Hasidim, and their rabbi wrote a letter to them saying that it's a mitzvah to persecute a breast lover in whatever way you can, to harm his parnasa, whether to cause divorces and to beat them up if, if possible. Because these people try to dig to show that these other religious people are, are wrong and doing bad things. To the point where it becomes a mitzvah by them to persecute these other religious people for no real reason. And this is what the Pesach says, who are the people who are engaged in Medonim? Medonim means machloikis, those people who are siach. And Rabbein Azal writes that the word siach is Roshitevois Chacham Sheid Yehudi, referring to these supposedly Talmid Chachamim who are, who are taken over by these Sheidim Yehudon. 
שממנו כל המדונים והוריב המחלוקס. It's from that, from such a person, they are the cause of all of this מחלוקס. כמו שמבור בתוי רבני ואין בייסר בסימן חפחס ליקוטי חלק אלף. As Rabbi Nezal discusses this topic of these חכונים שדים יהודים in chapter 28 in ליקוטי מרד. וכל זה נמשך ממה שכוסף בהתוירה דקרויב עלי מראים, and all of this is related to what Rabbi Nezal describes in the תוירה בקרויב עלי מראים, chapter 36 in ליקודמרן, שמלמעלו אינו יוצא קים אוהר פשוט, from above in heaven comes down only unformatted light. Down here on earth, that light takes on the, a form, a positive form or a negative form based on the vessel that the person has. If a person has a good kosher vessel, then the light, this unformatted light coming down from heaven will be formatted into bracha, into kedusha, into simcha. If the person's vessel is damaged, spoiled with sins, then that unformatted light will take on a negative form, a form of, of sinas chinam, unwarranted hate, machloikas, other things. Ayin Sham Hetev, look over there in chapter 36, study it well. Shazel Bechinas, this is what the Gemara says in Yuma, Zoho Nasis HaToyra Loisam Chayim. If a person is privileged, is, is, is blessed, then the Torah that they study turns into an elixir of life. It encourages them to do good things. And if the person is not Zoycha, then the Torah becomes a destructive force, a poison by the person. And this is the whole source of choice, free choice. Al came therefore, a person who cares about their eternal life, has to cry out a lot to Hashem, and to focus their attention and, and, and their intellect towards Hashem at all times. And to plead with Hashem that Hashem should lead me on the righteous path, the really true righteous path. And Hashem should not allow me to, to make a mistake or to fool myself in any way into thinking I'm doing something good when I'm really doing something terrible, especially when engaging in machlekes. Because this is a very important rule. Whatever path a person wants to go on, Hashem will accompany the person on that path. Hashem will support the person on that path. As we find by Bilam Harasha, that at first Hashem, when, when Bilam first was seeking Hashem's guidance, whether he should go with the messengers of Bolok, Hashem's response was, don't go. And Bilam wakes up in the morning, he tells them, sorry guys, 
I can't accompany people. I can't accompany you. And in that you was an indication that maybe if Bilam will send higher level officers, more highly respected officers, maybe I will be able to go with them. And when Hashem saw that Bilam is really looking for a way to do this, Hashem says to him, Lechimahim, all right, go with them to this second group of messengers. Even though Hashem did not want this mission to take place at all whatsoever, this mission of Bilam going to curse the Jewish people. Rav Nosanzal says regarding this concept of Hashem seemingly changing his mind and of Hashem cooperating with a person who's trying to do a sin, there are many secrets in this. This is a very deep concept. Because this is where the real free choice comes in, the concept of Bechira. This concept of Bechira is the most incredible thing in creation, more incredible than anything else in creation. As is explained in Sfarim, this concept that Hashem gives a person the ability to go against the will of Hashem. And the whole essence of Bechira is regarding this concept, meaning that whatever path a person wants to go on, Hashem will accompany the person on that path. As the Gemara says, If a person comes wanting to become pure, Hashem will help the person to become pure. If a person wants to become Tane, Hashem will open the door for that person. And as the Pasuk says, You, Hashem, look at anger and negativity and you, you place it into, into the person's hand. Or Hashem actually gives this over to the person if that's what they want. And Rav Nassim says, this is the term that's used in the Gemara in other places about the Shekhinah being in exile, meaning, Each and every person, according to the sins that they commit, according to the things that they're doing wrong, they actually trap the Shekhinah, the divine spirit of Hashem, into exile, meaning into these sins, they include, they draw Hashem, they draw the divine spirit of Hashem, the Shekhinah, into sin. We know that the Rebbe, the Rebbe Limelech Milizhensk once said that the, when we say Oshamnu, Bogadnu, Gazalnu, we sinned, who's the we? He said, Hashem and me. Because in order for me to commit this sin, Hashem had to be involved also. Hashem had to give me the energy, etc. So that when a Jew is committing a sin or doing anything wrong, they're, 
they're forcing Kaviyochel Hashem into this. We know an example, and a more clear example of this. The Torah tells us that when the brothers of Yosef HaTzadik decided to kill him, and then they changed their mind, they decided to sell him as a slave to Egypt, they made a pact between them that they wouldn't reveal this to their father, Yaakov Avinu. And the Gemara tells us they included the Shekhinah in that pact. They were so powerful, they were able to force Kaviochel, the Shekhinah, to be joined in this vow not to reveal to Yaakov Avinu that Yosef HaTzadik was still alive. And Shenemar Kaviochel to the point where the Gemara tells us that once someone is in prison, they cannot, they cannot save themselves. They cannot extricate themselves from prison by themselves. They need help. They need outside help. As the Zohar Kodesh speaks about this many times, that it's as if the Shekhinah cannot take itself out of this Golos. And we're the ones who ensnare the Shekhinah into Golos, and we're the ones who have to perform those actions to release the Shekhinah, to allow the Divine Spirit of Hashem to come out of this exile, to come out of this tumor of sin. And this is why Rabbi Nizal writes in chapter 60, in the second half of Likud Imran, that a rabbi who teaches a student who shouldn't be taught, who, who doesn't qualify to be allowed to be taught Torah, that rabbi gets put into prison. This was referring to the story in the Gemara where Rabbi Akiva was imprisoned by the Romans and his student Rabbi Shimon Bar came to visit him and Rabbi Nezal has a whole chapter there on the Kutiman expounding on this. Because a student who doesn't believe in Hashem and who, who doesn't believe in tzaddikim and rabbis, doesn't believe, doesn't believe that the words of the Torah are divine wisdom, when a person teaches such a student, chas v'shan, that student can become even worse and, and twist Hashem's words against Hashem chas v'shan. And through this, that student can draw and trap Hashem and the Shekhinah into his evil thoughts. To format the light of Hashem in a negative way, in a bad way. We know that there were people, the Gemara tells us, who studied by great rabbis, and then at one point they went off the path and they started other religions. This is the real exile of Hashem. As if Hashem is trapped in this prison. Because 
because it's as if Hashem, the divine spirit of Hashem, has been sucked in and is imprisoned in the mind of this student who's unworthy by the fact that this student is studying Torah. The Torah is Hashem. The Torah is the divine spirit of Hashem. And when the Shekhinah is trapped inside the brain of this person, Hashem has to cooperate and, and lead this person and assist this person in whatever direction they're going in, as we mentioned before. All of this is because of this concept of free choice, which Hashem wants should exist. Which is very, very powerful, this concept of Bechira. And Hashem wants it. And, and that has to force all types of allowances. It has to force Hashem to go along, seemingly with certain evil things. And this was the whole plan of the evil Bilam to get the Jews to commit sins. His ideas were very deep, his ideas and his plans. He wanted very much to cause the leaders of the Jewish people to commit sins. As the Gemara points out, that Cosby Bastzur, that Midianite woman, was actually being sent to commit a sin with Moshe Rabbeinu. So she said, how am I going to recognize who's Moshe Rabbeinu? They said, when you see somebody walk in and everybody stands up for them, you'll know that that's Moshe Rabbeinu. Hashem worked it out that she went into the Jewish camp and she saw the Nasi of Shevet Shemayim, Zimri ben Soli. She saw him walking and thousands of Jews stood up for him because he was the Nasi of their tribe. And she was sure that that's Moshe Rabbeinu. And if in fact the Sitra did not succeed in causing Moshe Rabbeinu commit this sin with this non-Jewish woman, Bilam succeeded in getting a Nasi, a leader of a tribe, one of the leaders of the generation at that time, to commit the sin with this woman. Not terrible enough that this Nasi committed such a major sin publicly, the Yitzhahara incited this Nasi to bring this non-Jewish woman in front of Moshe Rabbeinu and to say, am I allowed to be with this woman or not? And if Moshe Rabbeinu would say no, he would say, what a joke, what a, how ridiculous. You married a Midianite woman, Tzipora, the wife of, of Yisroi, who lived in Midian, because Bilam Harasha and this Nasi <coughs> wanted to show publicly, wanted to deliver a message publicly to the Jews that it's okay to sin with non-Jewish women. 
This was the real intent of Bilam Arosh and the Sitra to rise up with such great evil power to, to twist the truth around completely. To make it seem as if a sin is really a mitzvah by trying to show the Jews, look, a Midianite woman, nothing wrong. Moshe Rabbeinu lives with a Midianite woman. Because Bilam was the epitome of impurity. As our rabbis tell us, the, the Gemara, the Zohar Kodesh, he was involved in bestiality with his donkey and, and other things. And Bilam was so evil and committed such evil acts and used magic to be able to draw upon himself the power of prophecy to the point where he reached a very high level of prophecy, comparable to Moshe Rabbeinu. Why and how does all of this happen? Because of how important this concept of Bechira is in this world. Whereby a human being has the power to force prophecy to come upon that person the way he wants, either chocolate or vanilla, either bigdusha through acts of holiness or through acts of unholiness. To be able to draw divine light, and format it any way that you want, format it for good or format it for evil. And therefore, the Jews at that time were in extreme danger. As it says in the Haftorah of Parshas Balak, Hashem says, Ami, my nation, Zechor no Balak. Remember, remember very well the evil ideas that Balaam had, that Balak and Bilam had against you. And what was Bilam's response when Balak asked him to join him in destroying the Jewish people? And as the Zohar Kodesh writes, that from the beginning of time, the Jews were never in as much danger as that time when these two forces of evil, Bullock and Bilam, joined together to try to bring about the downfall of the Jewish people. And all of this is because of the incredible power of a human being who has free choice, our ability to do incredible good and our ability to do major evil. However, Hashem had pity on the Jewish people. And Hashem changed his modus operandi completely. Hashem changed the way he operates. Usually the standard, the norm is that from heaven, they send down unformatted light, 
And we down here on earth choose to format that light into blessing or curse, into mitzvah or avera, whatever it is. But during the time of Bilam, the Torah tells us that Hashem formatted the light himself into blessing. It was pre-formatted. And when that light of bracha came down to the world, Bilam wasn't able to undo it anymore. He couldn't check, he couldn't format it because it's already pre-formatted, pre-fab. As Ravenas Al explains in chapter 36 in the Kutimran, which we made reference to earlier. And now Rabnasal uses this to lead into our predicament. And this explains why the long exile that we are going through today, over 2,000 years, is especially because of machloikis, conflict among the Jews, among the religious Jews, and sinas chinam, unjustified hate. Because this is really what spoils us, what damages us, what messes us up. Because the Gemara says this is what really caused the destruction of the second base Samikdosh, the Adayan Benon, and the Itzahara is still dancing among us. He's still with involvement with us. And he causes this exile to stretch on. Because of this, because of this sin, more so than anything else. Because although, unfortunately, we commit many sins, and especially sins regarding the whole relationship between men and women, which are very prevalent, Rav Nosanzal says, during his time, may Hashem save us in the future. From this, Afop came, despite all of these sins, everything would be fixed, would be corrected through the true tzaddik in each and every generation, who shines into the Jewish people true holy paths to assist us in doing tshuva, in repenting from our evil ways, and to repair all of us. However, the, the Baldova, the Eitzahara, ex, extends himself to the, to the length and breadth. He goes to all lengths and breadths possible to cause people to remain distant from this true tzaddik who has this ability to repair everything and to teach us the right path and to get us out of sin. Because the Yitzhahara causes people to make up all kinds of lies about this tzaddik. Olav, against the tzaddik, Valkol and and against those who are close to him. Bechayov, during the lifetime of the tzaddik, and even after the tzaddik already passes away. 
to the point where, unfortunately, the Eight Sahara is able to cloak himself in leaders of the generation, to the point where the Eight Sahara injects into them this idea, this belief, that it's a mitzvah to persecute and to, to do everything you can to harm this, these people, these, this particular religious group. Again, as we find, this dates back to the time of Yosef HaTzadik and his brothers. His brothers were definitely the tzaddikim of the generation. And yet the Yitzhahara was able to go inside of them and to confuse them and to get them to think that Yosef HaTzadik is bad, terrible, to the point where they came to a religious legal decision that it's a mitzvah to kill him. And all of this is because these people who think they're so learned, they think they're so smart, these are these leaders who oppose a different leader. They are Chachamim Shedim Yehudoim. They are Chachamim who are drawing from these Shedim Yehudoim. They're always perverting the truth. Because that's where the Yitzhahara draws his greatest strength from these people who learn Torah. And, and some of them become leaders. And therefore, the main solution is by drawing upon ourselves the real, pure truth that comes from the light of Moshiach, which sparkles and shines a little bit even now while we're in the thick of Golos, of exile. Were it not for that light, we couldn't possibly survive. So some of that light of the future is, is shining into us in today's times, even while we're in exile. Because the main final rectification and repair of everything will be through Moshiach, who is Moshe Rabbeinu himself, as the Pasuk says, when, Asher, when Yaakov Avinu was giving the bracha to Shevet Yehuda, the Pasuk says, Ad kiyovoi shiloi, until Shiloi will come, and to him will gather all the nations, and the Zohar HaKadosh says, Do Moshe Moshiach. This refers to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshiach. The word Shiloi is Bigimatria Moshe. Ki oz yisakin because when the time comes for Mashiach to come, that's when Moshe Rabbeinu will correct and repair the damage that he caused by the mistake of striking the rock. That's really the origin and the source of holy machlekes, the machlekes that we find in the Gemara, where one rabbi says kosher, one rabbi says posel, one rabbi says tomei, one rabbi says tohar. As the Zohar Kodesh points out, 
If Moshe Rabbeinu had not struck the rock, the rabbis would not have to struggle so hard to try to understand the Torah. Because as a result of Moshe Rabbeinu striking the rock, which is the cause for why the rabbis have to struggle so hard to get to the halacha, to get to know what the Torah is really telling us, that's what has caused so much disagreement and arguments among the Jews, among the rabbis, pertaining to the laws of the Torah. And that ends up spiraling down and, and, and evolving into the ugly machlikas among Jews. That's what caused the destruction of the Beis by the and that's what's causing this long, terrible exile. And regarding all of this, there's a lot to elaborate. And the solution will be through Moshiach who is actually Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is an integral part of Moshiach. I just want to finish the paragraph and we'll take questions, please. And therefore, an idol that was made, that was established by a Jew, can never be nullified. He can never cancel that. It, it always remains an idol and must be destroyed. Because even the non-Jews, all of their mistaken beliefs and everything is all coming from the mistakes that we spoke about just, just now, the mistakes among the Jewish people. Whereby these Shadim Yehudoim cause people to become so mistaken to the point where they convince people to worship idols. They convince people that that's actually the will of Hashem. And Rav Nassar says, how is this possible? Because even all of the idol worshippers believe in God, they believe in Hashem, as the Gemara points out, the they refer to Hashem as the God of gods. They believe that there, that there is a Hashem. It's just that they say that Hashem wants us to have these intermediaries, these idols, or the sun and the moon, etc. Nimza. Which means that they pervert the truth to such a degree to the point where they convince people, they try to convince people that it's a mitzvah to worship idols. We find that there were Jews, Rahman son, that allowed themselves to be baptized and all kinds of terrible things. And this is how the king Yeroham Benavot ended up causing the Jews during his time to commit terrible sins, idol worship. 
על ידי שדן יהודון שמסלבשם את תלמידי חכמים. And all of this occurs when these שדן יהודון cloak themselves in these rabbis, more so than in anybody else. כי ירובם היה גודל בתוירה מאוד, כמו שם רבי סיינזל על פסוק, והוא מסקסה בסלמו חדושו. Yeruvim ben Avot was very learned, very knowledgeable in Torah, as the Gemara points out, based on this Pasuk in Malachim, that he, he dressed himself in a new garment. The Torah is called Salma. He made this, a, a, a new testament, in a sense, Chasvish Rahmat And therefore, an idol that's declared an idol by a Jew can never be nullified. Because as we said earlier, the main power of Avodah which is the Yitzhahara, who is referred to as Kel Acher, it's brought that Kel Acher is Bigimatria Amolik, which is Bigimatria Sophic, which is the opposite of emuna, the opposite of pure faith in Hashem. Emuna is called vadai. We believe that there's nothing more definite than Hashem. So the main power of avodah which is the Yitzhahara, kol koichoi rakishayonik miyisroel al yidei Their whole power comes from the Jewish nation when we are being influenced by these sheidin yudoyim. And therefore, when the idol is an idol that's been established by Jews, then that gives the Sitrachra tremendous power. And, and that has major power, the Sitrachra in it. And therefore, it can never, the Tuma in it can never be nullified. The only solution is to burn it, to destroy it completely, to uproot it from its source. May it be the will of Hashem that all of these idols be, be eliminated completely. I'm sorry that we didn't pause in the middle for questions. There was a, a major flow of thought here that I wanted to complete. Any questions now, please? Rabbi? Yes, please. Can I add an insight from a Mishnah Brewer that I saw this morning? Uh, in short, the, the Mishnah Brewer says a tefillin that's written by a, a Jew that's out of Azvarazara needs to be either burned or, or in Gniza. And the Bira Lacha over there says that it's not an issue of whether it's kosher tefillin or not. It's the fact that it was written by a Jew that, was, that is over Azvarazara. So we see exactly like Rav Nassim is saying that, that uh, Right? The, it's, it's the mahust of a Jew that's over the Zara is what creates this, uh, this danger. A question in the chat. But the opposite of machlokas can be total indifference. I don't care what the other person is doing so long as it doesn't disturb me. Like in modern democratic society, how do we find the middle path? This one, one issue here that you're touching on is the concept of rebuke, reprimand, toichacha. And we've mentioned in the past that, that Rabbein Zal, the final share that he gave in his life 
the Rosh Hashanah before he passed away, he spoke about this and he quoted the Gemara, which said that Rabbi Akiva once said, I wonder if there's anyone in our generation who's qualified to give rebuke. And Rabbi Nezal goes into a whole incredible explanation there, how when a person rebukes another Jew the wrong way, not only will they not help that person, not only won't they improve that person, but rather they'll, they'll make things much worse. So when it comes to, when we see somebody doing something wrong, if we know that the person will be willing to listen to us, and if we know how to give the proper rebuke, if we really know what we're talking about, and we know not to say, not to do this publicly, we know all the laws and details about how to do this correctly, then maybe the person can do this properly. Otherwise, we, we cannot, we're going to have later on, we're going to have Hilchas Ribis, Halacha Hei, where Amosensal goes into tremendous length and depth on this concept of machlekes among the Jews, about if you're not doing what I'm doing, then you must be wrong and bad. And there's different levels of, of, how, of attitude here as to how bad you are and, and what I have to do about it, whether I have to insult you or curse you or, tell, or tear your svar, tear your svar and burn your svar and rachmolotzlon or not allow your svar into my shul, into my yeshiva, all kinds of different levels of attitudes. <clears throat> so it's true, a Jewish can, shouldn't be indifferent to things that are going wrong around us. However, there's a famous quote that I've mentioned many times from my Rebbe, Reb Michal, Reb Michal Dorfner, whose yard site was a few days ago on Hayov. Rabbi Nezal begins chapter five in Likud Yamaran, with the words, Every person has to say that the entire world was created just for me. And Rabbi Nezal says there, Nimza, based on that, if the whole world was created for me, I have to always be looking and thinking carefully as to how to improve the world, how to repair the world. And to fill in anything that's lacking, any shortcomings of the world. Now let's pause here for a moment. I can repair the whole world. Rabbi Nezal is writing this for everyone. I can repair the entire world. I can see and understand everything that's lacking, everything that needs to be corrected in the world, and I can fill in whatever's lacking in the world? Really? And Rabbi Nezal adds two more words now. And to pray for them to pray regarding all the shortcomings, all the negativity that we see around us. And my Rebbe Remichel said, these last two words are the interpretation of what we said just before. In order for me to be able to see properly, to be able to really see and understand when someone's doing something wrong or not, sometimes just because something is wrong for me, if I were to do it, it would be wrong, 
could be for that person it's not wrong based on where they're at. Number one. And secondly, again, in terms of being able to help the situation, very often people do things that make things worse. Sometimes a classic example, people are talking in shul, unfortunately, which they shouldn't be doing. And someone turns around, shh, shh. And they do it in that way. And unfortunately, in many cases, those types of people who talk in shul, when they see that kind of a shh, it doesn't get them to stop talking. Sometimes it'll get them to make a sarcastic remark about the person who's saying shh and, and all kinds of other things. So it, it requires tremendous discretion when you want to correct people who are doing something wrong. Number one, to, to, to really be qualified to do it and to do it the right way. And this applies even to one's own family members. You know, I, I gave a share a few hours ago to a group of women in the area here in Lawrence. And a, a young woman came over to me. She lives with her parents. And she says her home is a from home, but her parents are doing, doing things that are really wrong. Her mother lights candles sometimes when it's already Shabbos. Or, or they'll say there's still time. At, and, and she was in tears about this. What am I supposed to do about this? Shouldn't I tell her? And it came out in conversation later that there were times that she did tell her in the past. And she said, you don't tell me what to do. So I said, if that's the case, don't say a word. Don't say anything. You, you observe and you, you tell Hashem, please help me get married at, so that in my house I can do things properly, go the way I'd like to do it, the way I perceive is really correct. Everybody a wonderful day and a wonderful Shabbos. And Yitzhak I hope we'll resume this year on Monday morning, Eretz Yisrael time, 8 o'clock.